Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Can you remember a time, some time in your life, when you found out that you were chosen for something wonderful and how that felt? Think of a time when you were chosen. I mean, the other day, I just got something in the mail that said, I'm a winner. <laughs> Wait, did you get that too? Maybe a letter you did get brought you great joy of acceptance. Maybe you got into that college you wanted to be in. Or maybe you were elected president of your class. It might have been, well, you know, that certain handsome or pretty someone, someone who you thought was really cool, who asked you out on a date. Maybe it's that person who's sitting next to you right now. Or maybe you agreed to do something, and it was wonderful that somebody had asked. Like, if you were ever asked to run for church council, that could be a great honor, right? Or a time when you received recognition for your service in the community. Or how about that time when a friend chooses you to share her great news with you first? Or maybe you got that job you really, really wanted. Or even, maybe it's the case of pure luck winning some kind of contest. It feels nice to be chosen, doesn't it? Doesn't it make you feel excited? Maybe a little scared? Were you, did you feel grateful? Maybe a little unworthy? Perhaps some of both. Was it a little overwhelming? Did you laugh? Did you cry? Did you stand there with your mouth hanging open? I wonder how many of us feel these powerful emotions upon hearing that we are chosen by God. How many of you today, which when Christina reads, don't you just want to listen to her more than you want to listen to me? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, I, I could listen. I, I have it written here, Chris. You could just come up and just read this. It would sound so much better. Anyway, but it's true. I mean, but when she was reading the passage from 1 Peter, how many of you got really, really excited when you heard that you are a chosen race, a chosen by God? I wish I had a camera on my head right now because the response I'm getting is, <laughs> yay. Okay, come on. All right, you are, this is exciting stuff. God has chosen you. Does that leave us, what kind of feeling does that give you? Does it leave us a little in awe, perhaps a little fearful? Or have we heard it so often that we're kind of like, eh, ho-hum about it. That's nice. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's own people, Scripture says. What feeling, if any, do we get from those words? Come to think of it, how many among us have ever had that experience from one time or another of not being chosen? Finding out that there was a party that you weren't invited to. Being passed over for a promotion. The person you've always liked never did ask you out. Or what about that time, like I was telling with the kids in the children's sermon? Anybody remember gym class? Anybody like me, not chosen? You know, you go down the line, they're like, Aaron. Because we were playing basketball. <sighs> we all have, at one time or another, known what it's like to be chosen and not chosen. We know what it feels to be accepted, and we know what it feels like to be left out. And although we might say when we're not chosen, ah, it's okay, I didn't really want it anyway, 
you know in your heart that isn't so. And since we know all too well what it's like to feel like to be passed over or to be left out, you'd think maybe we'd be a little more excited, a little more grateful, a little more whatever, to hear that God, not just a guy in gym class or a gal in gym class, but Almighty God, Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier, the author and giver of life, has chosen you. That should make you smile this morning. To know that you are a member of God's family, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Do you realize how precious you are to God? Or do you think, oh, you know what, that was a really nice thing for Peter to say, you know, back then. I mean, this thing was written like 2,000 years ago. Wish somebody would say it to me. Well, someone has. It's right here. Yeah, I know Peter doesn't begin his letter saying, Dear people, gather together at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Westerville, Ohio. But nevertheless, it is addressed to us. We are chosen. We are God's own people. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That shouldn't make you cry. That should make you happy, Colby. Colby, by the way, was my 50th baptism, and he threw up on me. <laughs> it's a true story. It's a true story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, that's an aside. Okay. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15, Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You have been chosen, and isn't that nice? I know when I first read this, I don't know about you, but sometimes when people talk, you don't quite get it the first time, so you ever ask somebody to repeat it again? Or, you, or do you just go on and go, hmm, yeah, hmm. When I read scripture, there are times where I have to read it three, four, five times in order to really let it sink in what is being said. And as I was reading this this week, it says that we're chosen. Okay, chosen for what? What are we chosen for? I remember the first time that I put on one of these funny collars. It's a pastor's collar. It's called a clerical collar, which, by the way, you can just take off and wash, so you know, in case you wondered, how does that work? Okay. This clerical collar is something that pastors wear to show that we are members of the clergy. I first put on my collar back in November of my first year in seminary. According to the rubrics, which are the guidelines for ordained Lutheran clergy, it says that we are to wear these collars whenever we are performing tasks and duties of the vocation God has called us to. To which a classmate of mine then acutely asked, when aren't we carrying out God's call to us? When I wear this shirt, let me tell you, I have many that are similar to it, and whenever I wear them, it is so funny how people treat me differently than when I'm wearing my Ohio State sweatshirt. <laughs> I get called sir a lot. In fact, I love it when people call me father. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with that one. Especially if Marcy's nearby and I grab her hand. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Anyway, <clears throat> like I said, I have many of these shirts. And, uh, but today, I want to put this in front of you. What if you were to put one of these on for an hour, a week, even a, a, a day. We'll go with that. 
while I have been set apart for ordained ministry in the, the word and sacrament, all of us have been received into God's family. We are all adopted children of God. What if you were to wear one of these for a, an hour, a day, or a week? How would you act differently? How would people look at you differently? Because when I wear this, people see me as a representative of God here on earth. I can't have road rage when I have this on. I have to open doors for everybody else. Okay? Because that's... I, I'm very aware of that. What if you wore one of these? How would you act differently? How would people look at you differently? And now you have to ask yourself, if you're considering that question, then consider this. Why do you have to wear one of these to act that way? I would love to get a grant from somebody and buy all of you one of these shirts to wear for a week. I would love that. Just as an experiment to see how different your life would be if you wore one. But you see, you don't have to have one of these to know what it feels like because we have all been clothed with Christ in our baptisms. We all bear the sign of the cross and the seal of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And as baptized and adopted children of God, we are called to service in God's kingdom for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no matter what, all of us are called. All of us. No matter what your occupation is, you are called. You are called what, Pe what Peter calls the royal priesthood, what Martin Luther would call the priesthood of all believers. The place God calls you to be is the place where your deepest gladness and the world's deepest hunger meet. Martin Luther's doctrine of vocation is a radical one because Luther says that a holy calling which is that, which is what the word vocation means, is not limited to people who are pastors or missionaries. Rather, any job, any career is holy when a Christian performs it rooted in their baptismal calling from God to serve others. We are chosen to be living, breathing workers of God's earth and God's kingdom. We are living stones, and we have work to do. And we're not going to get there if we don't get moving. We are the ones who are called to be the hands and the feet of Christ. We are living stones. Often it's not very glamorous work that we're called to do. Being a living stone may involve getting sweat on your brow when you mow the lawn of somebody who's sick or bereaved. Being a living stone means that maybe you've got to work at faith mission or prepare a meal, even though you'd rather take a nap. It's visiting a church member in the hospital, even when hospitals give you the willies. It's coming to a meeting during the week or a rehearsal in one of our musical groups, even though you are tired from the day and you're hungry as well. We are God's people, called to do God's work with our hands. Mother Teresa once wrote a poem that I'd like to read to you now. It's something that struck me this week, and maybe it'll strike a chord in your heart as well. Mother Teresa writes, People are unreasonable, illogical, self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. 
If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best that you have, and it may never be enough. But give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Who are we? We are Christians. If someone asks you, you know, what's your religion? Don't say Lutheran, or if you're one of those people who's not Lutheran, who's joined us today. Don't say Catholic or Methodist or Presbyterian. Don't say that. We are first and foremost, we are Christians who practice in a Lutheran way. We are Christians. And because we are all Christians, united in Christ, we are followers of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And even though we aren't perfect, we are chosen. Although we are sinners, we are a forgiven royal priesthood. We may be flawed, but we are a holy nation. We might not always be the people God intends us to be, yet we are God's own people, named and claimed, washed and welcomed in our baptisms. We are living stones, built on Christ, the cornerstone that holds this whole thing of life together. God has saved us by Christ's life, death, and resurrection from the grave. And the one who came not to be served, but to, to serve, calls us to follow him and do the same. By the grace of God, we together can become the people God means us to be and be the church God calls us to be. We are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. This is our calling. This is our gift. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.